0: It's time for The Daily Review, a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter and dailyreview.com on the web. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. This is Paul Daly here with my wife, Caroline. Hey, guys. And today we're here to discuss the eighth episode of the second season of HBO's Westworld. This one is called Kiksuya.
1: That's Lakota for remember, which, you know, it, Paul and I just came back from the ATX Festival and we went to a panel called Why TV Matters. And one of the big things was about seeing yourself on TV and seeing your culture represented on TV. Apparently, Paul, there is still like 2,100 native speakers of Lakota. And there was like some actual conversation on Twitter about like how amazing it was for them to see their language on tv and like an entire episode practically in their language which that's something that we really can't even relate to you know we could turn on tv and see anything in our language but wasn't that like a really interesting little i don't know gift that they were given
0: the actors playing the ghost nation i don't know if you watched the behind the scenes that the the aiden guy sent in email
1: uh-huh
0: uh but all of the actors, especially the the one playing Akichita, felt super responsible to well as they refer it, their people. Um those are their words. Their people to play these parts and, and represent these people as best as they they could. It was it was, like they, it was like a weight on their shoulders that they knew that this doesn't happen in American TV, where Native Americans are given an episode mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and to
1: speak in their native language even
0: so you know
1: you know what this is also reminds me of of the leftovers and that movie that we had seen where they were representing the aborigines how oh yeah. they were being so careful to be authentic and have consultants on the set and make sure that they were really representing the culture in a respectful manner. I thought that She's that was- She's talking about
0: The Last Wave.
1: Yes. The Last Wave was the movie. If you guys haven't seen it, I mean, it's a crazy ride, you guys. But if you watch The Leftovers and you haven't seen The Last Wave, you are absolutely missing out on a on a chunk of information that you can glean from there. So go check it out. However, this one is a Kichita story, and we're going to first talk about MIB, because Old Man in Black, he had just like one chunked out scene that we can basically wrap him up in. We left him shot to hell, so many bullets, ridden little body, right? Now this one, he's dragging his little self to the river. Did you expect him to be, I don't know, in what shape?
0: I'm starting to accept the idea that he might be a host, so... He might be in okay shape it's just his brain is telling him be hurt cuz you've been shot a few times but his actual you know host guts might be just fine it's just just the way it works so i'm i'm starting to come around to that idea
1: I definitely feel like he's something of a hybrid. I don't think he's full host because I think he is capable of dying on some level. Another thing that I kind of felt like was that there's no reason to think that the bullets in Westworld, even though they can kill humans that they're the same caliber bullets that, like, we would have in the real world. So maybe it does truly take, like, a good, like, a headshot. Like, maybe that's why it's such a big deal for Arnold and Ford and stuff. Make sure that they got, you know, shot in the head. That it was like, unless you hit it just so, you really can survive these gunshots, you know?
0: No, I don't think so. You know, I think think the- The the gala
1: proved, I know, a lot of-
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) a lot of carnage. The guns work just fine.
1: I agree with you. So I saw an amazing parallel that Westworld Gifts put out of a Kichita yanking man in black by the neck, basically the collar, if you will, and yanking him um, to the same type of scene with Man in Black yanking Dolores. Yeah, from you left guys, to right. Oh, my God. If you have not seen that scene, we've retweeted it on Daily Review on Twitter. But also, you can check out Westworld Gifts and props to them for finding those two and putting them side by side. Because it was like karma is a bitch, William. <laughs> karma is a bitch. And you just got yanked up by your wee neck in such the same way. And, like, how do you feel about it, you know? Yeah. I didn't expect for Akichita to come into the scene. We We really expected Emily to come in, but we did have this moment with Akichita saying, you know, that basically that death is the exit from this brutal world and you don't deserve it. What did you think he meant? What was he going to do with Man in Black?
0: I think he was going to heal him up and then do some some medieval shit to him.
1: Whoa. So like a torture situation?
0: Yeah. Something that would make it painful for him. And then he would be kind of wishing to die.
1: Wow. Okay. And then instead, we have Emily, who we completely foresaw, only we thought she would come in at the end of last episode, but instead she came in near to the end of this episode and collects up MIB with the promise to Akichita that her way will be much much worse. What do you think she has in mind for him?
0: Emotional terrorism.
1: <laughs> Agreed. I wholeheartedly agree. Psychological emotional terrorism is a beautiful way to put it, Paul. So I feel that Emily is going to haul his ass off somewhere. Do you think some sort of Delos actual facility, or do you think that they are still going to be within Westworld's fictitious world? Uh
0: well, he's conscious. And so he won't let her just take care, take him, you know, off the off the whole reservation, basically. He, but that's a very good idea that we already know that he knows where the cheat locations are. and We have a good indication that so does she.
1: I think she does.
0: I bet they go to a known Delos cachet or something where they can work on him without fear of getting shot.
1: You know, we talked about in the last episode that there was a lot of um, showing a home, like we saw Ford's home, we saw Arnold's home. Um, There's a lot of talk about going to the homestead. I wonder if we're going to see something that we could classify as MIB's family's home uh, to be utilized for this, you know?
0: Well, we've seen his little crash pad, but you're right. We haven't seen anything that would suggest, you know, where if you were the CEO of this company... um, where you would stay with your family when you when you visit.
1: I think that Emily using the Raj scene as the place that she mostly hung out, I would really like her to bring him back somewhere over there because I didn't get enough of that world.
0: Yeah, I think his business is in Westworld though. I don't think this is a Carmen San Diego situation. <laughs>
1: Where in the world is MIB. <laughs> right. You like that? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so that pretty much wrapped up MIB for this um, episode. What do you predict for this next episode? Do you think we'll jump right into Emily and her uh, you know, best investigative slash interrogation mode?
0: Man. Predictions are hard because the preview uh, that they showed us is probably parts of The ninth and the tenth episodes.
1: And they're so tricky like that.
0: And it's a wide variety of stuff that they displayed.
1: For people who haven't seen the preview, give them a real quick overview.
0: Oh, I can't. I just, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) mean, MIB was up and around walking. Okay. uh, But it wasn't clear if it was, if he was actually walking or if it was more like dream sequence walking or flashback walking. None of that was super clear. Just we we saw everybody doing very dangerous looking things. I mean Arnold with not Arnold Bernard holding the gun and and all, which is very unusual for mm-hmm. for him. Absolutely, yeah. The, I mean it was very surreal because it was a mixture of just everything that gave you the impression that everything is coming to a head again, like it did last season
1: well let's get into Akichita's story if you guys remember we have seen him primarily in this ghost nation role which i really appreciated that they actually gave a fairly decent definition for me of what ghost nation means i'm going to share that with you and rather than waiting to the end so the concept you should stick
0: around it's insightful shit she's already shared it with me
1: oh my do you want me to share it now no 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 Oh, i have to share it's a tease oh well Stay tuned for what I think Ghost Nation means. But Akichita, if you recall, he had scooped up Maeve's daughter, which oddly still does not have a name. Do we find that weird? Why doesn't Maeve's daughter have a name? Why is she just always like, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter? Why she got no name?
0: Maybe no one ever meets her. Maybe her, her loop is that she gets up, Ghost Nation comes and kills her. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> well, not, and ki- it-
1: not kills, well... Always snags her, right? Snags her. I kill it's
0: hard to say because because kills Maeve. What Akecha does with her or planned to do with her was different than the rest of what what Maeve. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to kind of reconcile that the one big memory that Maeve has of Ghost Nation kind of invading her, her homestead. With what was their general loop like? Was that like an everyday thing? Or was that just the one time that she remembers?
1: Good question. Okay, so Akechita.
0: But no name yet, yeah.
1: No name, right? Akechita decides that he is going to appear to sit down and talk with her about who he is and what his story is. From the first watching you might think like wow he is kind of confusing he's speaking in English and Lakota and he's telling this little girl a very romantic story when you really look at it like it's kind of weird to tell like a seven year old like about your your sexy partner in the fur that was naked right well you
0: might leave those details out
1: yeah but he didn't I mean like that he was telling the story right but if you get to the end and then go back and rewatch you realize that every time he's speaking in Lakota he Is speaking on that mesh network with Maeve, who is, if you guys remember, able to access all languages. Yeah. And anytime he's speaking English, we feel he's speaking directly to the daughter. And he doesn't speak in English all that much, but it seems to be enough to, like, it's sort of like a, I'm going to say, like a kind of a, like a kid version. I think, you know. Okay. Little nuggets. So his story starts back 35 years ago, all the way back um before this original slaughter, if you will. He
0: right. has
1: a peaceful life, right? A nice life.
0: He was he was like the what did they used to call like the plains Indians, right? They were they were peaceful and they just did their own thing and you know. and
1: we're very like, um, I felt like the love story between him and Kohana was really at first took me aback because I wasn't really ready to go so far into Akichita's story. So when this was like starting off and he started to say like, I used to have a peaceful life. I was like, where are we going with this? Like, how, you know, how far are we going to get into this? I I loved the line. Take my heart with you and take mine in its place. That line to me has. So many meanings, you guys, when we're talking about hosts, humans, what's consciousness, what's, what's inside the host body, you know, yeah. like if it's like, take my heart with you, no, take mine in its place. That implies this weird exchange of like body and heart, right? If you're going consider heart, your soul, right? Right, right. Freaky. I think very freaky. So he has this really peaceful, nice life and he is Doing his thing, right, wandering around, doing his adventuring, and he ends up in Escalante, Paul, Esca freaking Lante,
0: right at the wrong moment. And this, I think, is where he—I don't know that that the very first hosts that get woke were just like "boop, we're woke." I think it was more like uh, an avalanche of of I don't know ca- catalysts that made them closer to wokeness. And this was his, this was his first, you know, pebble rolling down that mountain of, of wokeness. Does that make sense?
1: I think so, yeah. And then also, I want to add to that, the idea of the personality and the story, his own sort of like backstory of being um, a Native American, it, it sort of implies this sense of like more in touch with nature, more in tune with your world, more um, like paying attention than say a what an urban silly d- city dweller or like even a townsperson or something who has these like busy work and stuff. Yeah, I feel like his curiosity, his exploring, his nature as it was programmed was actually sort of like destined to figure this out because he was so looking. You know, his eyes were so open as he was designed. You know, well,
0: and and later we find that his. Um primary directive is to protect his tribe right
1: right which also sort of has that like watchman, you know carefully paying attention to your surroundings you know kind of picking up patterns and things like you would if you were a hunter or something you know you have to you have to do that for survival that's very instinctual
0: and it it's sort of like um how in (laughs) terminator how skynet interprets its its directives in terms of protecting itself and all that kind of stuff well the greatest threat to it was was man right so it's it's like it's like a matter of be careful what orders you give these things because they might interpret them more literally than you had in mind
1: i think or and and in another way later on basically he he implies he begins to interpret it more broadly that it's not just about his tribe in terms of like his lakota uh family but his tribe as all hosts becomes his sort of you know, he decides to to take it more broad. So I feel like, yeah, be careful what you put into people. You don't know what you're going to get out, which certainly has been a main thread in this entire season. I mean, with Teddy and everything else, you know, so he gets into Escalante. He sees the maze. He sees that Dolores has murdered Arnold and he becomes maze crazy, Paul. McCrazy. McCrazy. Yeah. Total McCrazy. Yeah. Who would have thought a little toy could cause such mayhem?
0: Maybe uh, okay, so that's the that's the pebble. That's I mean, it, yes, it it stuck in his brain, and he and he couldn't couldn't he didn't know what to make of it, and so he just kept going over it and over it do you think it's because
1: it's something from the outside like you know they do so much it seems when guests come you know they change out their outfits they give them different accessories they give them everything do you think because in theory from what we're told this was one of charlie's original toys meaning it came from somewhere else it came from the another world and so this was like a, a piece that didn't belong there in the same way. So maybe it had some sort of something to it. Like yeah. to our eye, it doesn't look so different. You might weird, be on something
0: there. Because if you remember Peter Abernathy, when he saw the photograph, he did the same that's thing. That's what it
1: did. Yes. You're so right on, Paul. Yeah. That photograph It is the thing that was like, this is not from our world. What the hell? You know, what is this? And you know what's the other thing? They've totally abandoned that whole. Um,
0: doesn't look like anything to me.
1: They've abandoned that doesn't look like anything to me because wouldn't it make sense like at different points that that would come up again still, but doesn't anymore. Obviously, I know we're awakening here, but I think I thought it was interesting. So he goes nuts, putting his mazes everywhere. I guess, I, I don't know. They didn't say this like was a direct line that it was like Ford was sick of him making those mazes. So then he did decide to do this other story. It seemed like they're just, they decided to start a new narrative with this ghost nation.
0: We, we revisit that tribe several times throughout the episode and it's almost seems like they're just kind of kept in reserve like running through their normal loops they are hardly ever seen because they are out in the pl- plains somewhere yeah they needed to do something more interesting so they needed kind of your classic cowboys and indians hostile type
1: right and one of the things that i had um, read about was the idea that if you think about, uh, you know, white settlers in general and the and the feeling of coming into an area where someone's peaceful versus if you view them as what I'm going to consider words that could be used would be like savages or warriors or something like that. Right. There's a whole lot of words that both have positive and negative connotations. So I'm trying to be conscientious of what I'm saying right now, but I feel like the difference between being a native person versus being a savage, you don't mind battling with a savage. You don't mind with somebody who's got all the war paint on and the scary um, you know, customs and stuff. But if it's simply a mom over there, you know, grinding up her cornmeal, it's hard to come along to this, you right. know, settlement and want to slaughter everybody. And
0: what we've learned about Delos and the way that William ran things is that and for the while for the little while that Logan was running things, um They were trying to provoke a response from from the guests.
1: Yes. And so they really needed to see, I guess, like, okay, so here's what happened if everybody's all these calm people when they come across them. Here's what happens if we have these really wild looking, um, aggressive type warriors. I thought they did, of course, a shoddy job. The text, which was, you know, big, big red light for them about again, they just did like Teddy and turn up the aggression that's all they did. They were like, we don't have time to like to do all this. We were like, backed up. So just turn up his aggression, change his body paint, and send him back out. And in doing that, they didn't wipe his memories.
0: Do you remember from Star Wars what made C-3PO so uh, unique? Tell me. Well, not C-3PO, I mean, R2-D2. <laughs> I was
1: it, like, tell me. I don't, I mean, there's it's so many it's things. that he
0: never had his, his memory wiped. Oh. That's why he evolved to become a much more intelligent and quirky-
1: And like a friend.
0: Type, yeah, droid companion than C-3PO, who did have his memory wiped after the prequels. So the idea, I think, is the same for him. He's he's collected years of experiences that, that normally, it seems like when a lo- loop restarts, whether it's like a day or a couple days or a week, then everybody just kind of, their memory just resets at that point. They don't have any right. like- M- memory going forward well they get
1: killed on the regular yeah that's, in West true. World. that's the main thing is that they only update them when they get killed and since like there's all these like even full town slaughters that happen then you know they come in regularly enough to get fixed up
0: and they made him the ultimate badass so he never died <laughs>
1: he didn't and also i feel like uh, you know they they seem to be giving us the vibe that his love and his desire for Kohana and that and that life really sustained him. And he didn't want to lose his memory of her. And so he seemed to really actively like stay kind of to the side of the battle, you know. He tells the other guy, finish this up, you know, so that he isn't actually the one that's like doing it right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he really does a great job of staying alive, if you will. What did you think about when he came across freaking Logan?
0: It made me wonder did he remember him from the party? Does his memory go that far back?
1: Which, listeners, do you guys remember that Akichita was at the party? He was the man that came in with Angela to talk with Logan about Delos and, you know, him being a part of a partner. If you don't, go back and check it out.
0: He couldn't actually hurt Logan. So, but the, and he didn't actually help him too much, but he did give him the blanket so that he wasn't just completely exposed anymore, that your people will come for you.
1: <laughs> right. And I thought he was kind of interesting because in a way it seemed like back then he didn't understand human bodies in the same way that I feel like he kind of understands it a little bit later, like because he didn't offer him like water water. Or something like that, you know, because that's kind of all he really needed. He did know enough to give him the blanket for like exposure. So that was good. But even with Man in Black, like I felt like he you think he would give him some water or something because that's clearly what he was dragging his Kirkus to go find.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Logan's line of where's the door? This is the wrong world. Is this our version of these violent violent delights have violent ends? Hmm. Is it his wake up call?
0: I think you're onto something there because he spends the rest of his life that we know of searching for the door and trying to find the door and lead his people through the door. So this this door talk really made an impression on him.
1: And I wonder too, if the combination of seeing Logan, having Logan say, where's the door? And this is the wrong world. If there was any memory, any flicker in there that Akichita had of that party, anything, then he has been in the other world. And not unlike Dolores, who has been in the other world, we believe, then this would be a really strong, uh, like, different memory that you would have in there that would like latch in there, you know?
0: Yeah, that would be totally weird. I mean, if all your other memories are out on the plains, and then there's just this one where you're wearing a suit.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Even if it was only like, I mean, just a fraction of an actual memory, if you just had the teeniest, tiniest thing. It's like in in our lives, if you have like a tragic event happen or whatever, no matter how young you were, no matter what, you still remember like this little thing. It makes an impact, you know? Yeah. And so it's definitely the type of thing that I feel like. It, it got in his craw, Paul. It got right in his craw. Right
0: up in that craw.
1: Right in it. He wakes up and he puts this whole thing together. He decides he's going to go ride to find Logan again. And instead, he finds this giant hole. Nay, let's call it a valley.
0: Let's do call it a valley. It didn't look super familiar. It looked kind of like a power plant, but people have suggested that it is actually more of a storage site.
1: Well, if it is the valley, then I will be one of the people that also have suggested to you that it is a storage because it is where I believe the human counterpart of the cradle is. So I don't know exactly what's being stored and I don't know exactly how it's being stored, but I do think it's something more than just memories or things for blackmail's sake. It's not just information. I do think that somehow there's something organic there, and I say that because I have looked at many still shots now and there's like tubes that appear to be water tubes and like, like as if it's keeping it cool in some way. Right. And that is the same way that they dealt with the servers in the cradle. They used water flowing through. Right. So there's no way that it's just, I don't think just like memories. I feel like it's a combination because they had those DNA samples and all that stuff that they were taking from people. I feel like there's a combination of like organic and something else you know the electronic versions of people
0: you know i've seen people suggest that it might be some kind of like body storage so
1: which is intriguing
0: yeah what does that
1: mean human bodies well more like
0: printed bodies
1: okay so I, i think we have to go right you're right on that about going back to what ford's comment was was like we haven't figured out basically how to redo you but we could do like a xerox copy of you that looks like an awful lot like you yeah intrigue intrigue now paulo later on that valley gets covered up and i am pretty confused about how that valley is like built in there now i am not an engineer okay i know that's shocking to you but the way that those things were stacked seems so precarious
0: i think we have to overlook that a little bit okay why tell me because if you remember last season, Escalante was was buried. Remember the steeple just pointing out of the ground? Yes. And then the next thing we saw was gigantic earth movers that, that were not very surgical in the way that they operated. They were gigantic shovels that just kept digging into the ground. Okay. But then the next time we saw that same place, it looked exactly just super fine. Not like any construction equipment had been banging around into buildings or anything like that, you know? Okay. And so I think we're not supposed to get too caught up in, in the condition of that facility whether it's buried or whether it's not buried it's probably just fine
1: okay i will not harass it although there was some very interesting machinery like there was that weird kind of half moon kind of thing that was like kind of like it was going down but then it had like these two or three wires kind of coming off of it i don't know it was weird it was very weird i'm interested because i think that they have spent so much time on the technical aspect of things you know making sure that the way that the bodies work and stuff looks just so, even the beginning stuff with like the the fingers on the piano and stuff that I feel like I don't think it would be haphazard, you know, that they just were like, make it look mechanical, you know? Like I feel like <laughs> right. however it was shaped, there was a reason for how it was shaped. And in fact, this is a weird thing, but the way that that thing was shaped kind of like a like a cupped hand, if you can imagine making like a C, like a little claw, mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me of that thing that they put on Bernard's head like the way that it was sort of like this kind of like halo looking thing. I don't... It's way too large, the brain obviously. brain ball cutter-outer. Yeah. I mean, it's way too large, but it, it it had like this like weird vibe off of it. So, be that as it may, you guys, um, if you see that and you're a, a Kichita, you are like now putting these puzzle pieces together.
0: More... These are larger rocks rolling down the avalanche of wokeness.
1: Hells, yeah. And the main rock that he is missing is Kohana. Did you expect her to go with him when he snatches her up out of that little hut there?
0: No way. She, she's not woke. <laughs> she's not woke. So, so uh, yeah, I thought it would be more like screaming and, and carrying on. And I was actually surprised how she, her, her pebbles for wokeness started moving pretty quickly and she could access those memories that he was a part of. Once he found the magic words,
1: I wonder if that's the key that, again, going back to that idea that if you only get updated every time you're killed and these more Plains Indians who like like Kohana, who would have been left off to their own devices far away from all the people, it seems like then they had a good shot of living for a long time. Without, without having those, that update happen, you know? Yeah. So it, it does stand a reason that those, those individuals there, those hosts, will have the best shot of remembering the most.
0: That's a good, uh, yeah. And those uh, techs seem to that. do
1: such a crap-ass job when they come in that it's just like...
0: <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> If you had how to many, point a
1: finger to what started this revolution, it's shitty hiring practices at Delos, really.
0: All we've seen from most of the technicians, except for Felix, have been like, hurry up! What's taking so long? Whatever, just slap them together.
1: Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So I was so happy that Kohana and and Akichita actually got to have some amount of time together, and I was absolutely heartbroken when that little frickin' dune buggy of death pops up out of nowhere and takes her away.
0: Yeah, that sucked. I mean, what else can you say? I mean, they, they only had a moment together, really. And they they were starting, at least on screen. It may have been more time together of them searching for the the valley again and all that other I kind of stuff. I thought so. Because, I mean,
1: he felt comfortable enough to, like, leave her and go get some, you know, go hunt some rabbits or whatnot and come back. It seemed like like they were doing okay. They had gotten into some sort of little life there together. I just felt like. it, It was it really broke my heart. I mean, we are watching a lot of shows, you guys, where a lot of bad stuff happens, including like Handmaid's Tale. And this was a situation where this that was actually maybe I'm carrying over some sadness from other shows, but it really hurt my heart to see that happen. They seem legitimately in love. And it it was just heartbreaking to see happen. The more heartbreaking moment, however, Was when he went back to go see if he could get her like as if she had been, you know, put back into circulation and there's a total stranger laying in her fur sleeping bag.
0: Well, part A, that's pretty freaking insightful that he's put together this the idea of that people like him are just sent back to their starting point at a certain certain point, you know?
1: Absolutely. That they go to the the underneath somehow, right? Yeah. And then they come back up.
0: That's pretty smart to put that together all by yourself. So but yeah, when it wasn't her, uh, and then he said a ghost was in her place. You could see, you know, this is sort of like the he's sort of like William Wallace, right? He's sort of like a braveheart type figure. Like they took his woman, so he's gonna tear the whole place down.
1: Oh, is that how you feel, Paul? If somebody takes your woman, you're gonna tear this whole place down. Totally. We put that in our wedding vows, y'all I was like, and if anyone takes Caroline I will tear this whole place down And I was like, I do
0: I had to look at the audience when I said it, though.
1: (laughs) The audience. Make eye contact. The church, if you will. (laughs) The audience.
0: Well, what do you call people watching a show? It's it's an audience. Watching
1: the show. You're hilarious. He goes hunting for her everywhere. And he decides the best thing to do is spread the maze and the message, including to one Maeve's daughter. What an interesting twist to find out he was not stalking around them he wasn't trying to be some sort of weird predator
0: all goes back to that the daughter had provided some water for him so he should know that water helps yeah don't you think uh when he had gotten his ass kicked one day after going into town and um so he recalled that and wanted to protect her so that was like a really awesome spin on on the story that we've been fed for a whole year, well, two years, if you look at the span of time it's taken for this to come out, that, you know, Ghost Nation was riding up on Maeve's farm to abduct them and do evil things. No, that wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't it at all. He was there to help. When the Man in Black came, the best he could do was leave the maze drawing on, on the, what do you call it, the front yard? I don't yeah, know what in the dirt,
1: in the dirt, the dirt cabins right? Cabins have. Cabins <laughs> Front lawns, not yeah. quite front front dirts do they like go out be like I'm gonna I'm gonna go smooth down the front dirt.
0: Yeah. It's looking unkempt. It's a chore.
1: <laughs> they go out with like a giant rolling pin type of thing and smooth it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well so it I felt really happy that we finally had a reason why he was constantly hovering around Maeve's daughter and Maeve and that it, none of that stuff had anything to do with with their actual backstory of trying to be these savage types. It had nothing to do with that. It was completely kind.
0: Well, we've been guessing that the Ghost Nation had a different agenda from everybody else. We and did. We, I think we pretty much know what it is now.
1: Yeah, I, I do think that. So, Akichita figures this all out about having to die to get to the other world. Also smart. Amazing. And so, he does. He actually does this.
0: That particular loop, he had run through several times. And did you notice that those, the guy that actually got him was probably a guest right okay yes because that guy that guy would have that that shot at him all those other times if he was part of the normal loop but he was just there and there was even a moment where another guy standing next to him like patted him on the chest like okay go get him (laughs) and then you know uh just lowered his defenses and and that was it so yeah that's how i read that scene it's being different from all the other loops was that that the guests weren't weren't there before they just (laughs) his loop included killing those poor guys just all the time
1: so he goes down there and they say oh we need to do this update they show that tech pad and that redheaded tech acted so odd she was like "Um, um i'm just just update him and just get him back up there like really odd i thought
0: yeah well
1: like stood out, like I pray to God it was not just like crummy acting and it was a throwaway line and we weren't supposed to pay attention. But she was like, uh, like really awkward when she looked at the pad. The only thing that I saw and I, I did try to look at it and I'm I'm afraid I don't have a screenshot to look at it right now. But it said like something it said cowboy control as like the and I, I wondered if there was anything about Ford paying attention to this one in a way that was like, put it back out. Like I'm I'm observing this one and what it does. So don't screw with what it already knows. Get it back out there.
0: That makes some sense because we've seen in other cases, like Kohana, for instance, or Abernathy or Maeve even. Uh, if you remember, they were going to put Maeve in cold storage until Elsie stepped in and was like, nah, bullshit on that. And it was <laughs> yes. really just that she was old, according to their specifications. You right, know? yes. She just kind of passed her prime. And so if he's an alpha two, that would suggest he's like mega early in mm-hmm. the development. So under the what we've seen so far, he'd be a strong candidate for cold storage. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah absolutely. And so this whole scene in the um daylo's headquarters i i thought they had beautiful moments and kind of like one of those like meh kind of things okay my meh kind of thing is does everyone take lunch at the same time i mean it has all glass walls it's an all glass floor he ran across a new buddy. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. In the past, I feel like they've acted like it was like two in the morning and that they ran these like nonstop shifts. Because remember, they were sort of like, I'm tired. When's the next shift person coming on? Yeah. Earlier on in different seasons. But like this was like lunchtime. They all left and he was able to just peep open his eyes and just take off. That was like a Moment my beautiful moment is i thought the imagery of him actually descending the escalator which i they could have made a little cheesy because like it kind of gave me that vibe of um Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, where, like, you know, remember, like, Genghis Khan was, like, scared of things in the mall? Remember, they were all, like, touching yeah. the technology and stuff? There could have been a moment where he was, like, kind of frightened to go on the elevator um, or the escalator. So I'm, I'm glad that they didn't, like, make it cheesy. But um, but then it was also, like, a meh. I mean, how could he really even know how this shit works? Or where he's even going? Or what he's even doing?
0: For those of you out there born after the 90s, that song was a piano version of Nirvana's heart-shaped box. And when I think of the term heart-shaped box, I think it's like you're saying, I have this thing in my chest, and it's and it's shaped like a heart, but it's just an empty box. Mm-hmm. And when you find your your girl there, and she's she's not there anymore... You still find her and it's like, yeah, your heart's just been like scooped out. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I have an empty box. I mean, in your there chest. may be, you may be like, no,
0: that's not what Cobain meant at all. <laughs>
1: but, no, uh, no I think that is. I think that's what it me. means here. For sure. Absolutely. And the, you know, the other part that made me feel a little bit like torn about this was that we know that hosts can be turned back on. So like now was cold storage only if you get the corkscrew up the nose, like is Kohana gone, gone. Or is Not she just need to be turned back on? Because I, to him, he she was dead. She was gone, and he saw the other people from his you know family tribe and realized like that the, a lot of them had been switched out. And you know he was of course heartbroken. But as a viewer, are we supposed to take it like, wait, hold up? She could have come back, or like, no, she's been lobotomized.
0: She wasn't violent. Like the reason they they did that with. Um Clem was that she had that one weird violent outburst right right and so they did that to her but if you recall and Peter Abernathy was having glitches and stuff like that but if you recall like the first episode Ford's down there talking to old Bill I think is what he called him and he worked fine he he was limited because he was a very early model but he still functioned according to his his program so I don't think it's necessarily that they have to be lobotomized or anything. They can
1: to just go into cold storage.
0: It could just be like, you know, they the department stores put away their shorts when it's winter. <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: right. Right. Maybe
0: it's just out of seasonal, fashion. Seasonal
1: seasonal Okay. Maybe
0: Ghost Nation doesn't have any girls, and maybe they were converting oh. all the natives into Ghost Nation. I don't know.
1: Oh, I well, I never saw any girls on horseback, but I but I don't know. Okay, so the outcome of our Delos headquarters uh, drop-in from Akecheta was he does retain his memory. He does realize that there's a world outside the park. I mean, he's now heard Logan say it. He sees this whole working place here. And now he's even more crazy, Paul. He's all maze crazy all the time.
0: But now he's got followers. People he, yeah. are listening to him.
1: Absolutely. So it was kind of bizarre about this whole put the maze inside my scalp business. I mean, I kind of get it. It's like. It's like the idea of like, I, it, wh- where could I hide something on my whole naked body when I just wear a loincloth? I mean, minus having like a tattoo on yourself. I mean. If
0: I think I'm alive, which all the hosts do. Yeah. Right.
1: Uh, well, on some level, yes. I
0: am not volunteering for you to take my scalp off, draw on it, and then just kind of stick it back on. Ooh
1: would it look like if i did stick it back on may messy. i ask pretty messy <laughs> i mean this is a field tattooing we're doing <laughs> what kind of mess am i making and then i'm just gonna like staple it back on your gourd i yeah, mean yeah. what the joe is this about i i think that that part was a little far-fetched and pretty spooky speaking of spooky walking up on that ford museum type weird fully lit with floodlights and the bear frozen and the all of the different um host frozen what did you think was going on here what was ford up to besides his elbows and blood
0: the dude's got panache right so there's there's that element to what he's doing but he's there to find out about uh, what is he? He's looking for the the scalp, right? He's he's oh, trying yeah. to figure he's, out. He's
1: taking the scalps off.
0: He's trying to figure out where they're coming from. And I don't know if he came across this scene organically. I mean, the lights are all set up and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's possible he just like keyed in. Go <laughs> go set up Smithsonian uh, diorama number three out oh, there. Like, and let's then just, see who we
1: can lure in right, with that then, mess. And
0: a bear wanders up and he stands up. And then a few natives come up and they they get into position and they just lock there until he shows up and starts cutting them open maybe that's it because that i mean that's that that matches the panache level you could just have them come in you could just be you would be the you're the boss you'd be like bring me in some guys so i could look at them but no not not for it he he goes out there with in his three-piece suit and he's he's like i i want them set up dramatically <laughs> before i i cut them open
1: it was quite a scene. I thought it was so well conceived, like, and the way that they actually shot it, it it blended that mix of like life and this completely fake world with Ford dead center manipulating it all. You know,
0: I really enjoyed that scene. I mean, because it was, it was someone meeting their creators, like getting a chance to talk to God. Kind of, in a way, and Ford, it was it was like he already knew about Dolores because he already had the plan in place that he was he was going to kill himself because he alluded to it later, right? And so, or get himself killed, not kill himself. And um, well,
1: what is it called? Suicide by robot.
0: Suicide by robot. Yeah. yeah. And so, it's it's like. He didn't know specifically that Akichita existed, but he also wasn't surprised <laughs> that he existed.
1: I agree. I agree, and I liked how he described him as a flower growing in darkness, and that he was going to give him a little sunshine here. What did you think about Ford's description and and the description back and forth with Akichita about the idea of the death bringer killing the creator? Does this change the way we look at Dolores?
0: The death bringer. Mm. Are we sure the Deathbringer is Dolores?
1: Oh, yeah. The Deathbringer killed the creator. The creator's Arnold. I mean, you sir? you have an alternative? I would love to hear. Who else could be the Deathbringer? I want to hear.
0: No, I wasn't sure. Because it seemed like the, the, they were chalking up some things to the Deathbringer that Dolores couldn't have done or hasn't done yet or, or something. I, I don't remember too clearly. But, um, okay, so going with the idea that it's Dolores, that's interesting. So, do we expect Dolores to be party to, as William wants to do, burning the whole place down? Or is she truly trying to get out with her her woke people?
1: I feel like Dolores has her own agenda that feels very different than Akichita and Maeve. Like, to me, Maeve and Akichita... Are very similar in what they're doing, and yeah. Dolores just feels like she is in a different world to me. Not to use the world thing like that, but, um, but since like you said, Ford knew he was going to go through with that plan, and he said, when the when the Deathbringer kills me, you know, look for the door with the others. So I mean, he he planted that idea, and we um, obviously we know Dolores killed him. So I wonder. It's very difficult for me to to separate out what is it that the person, the host creates themselves and how much does Ford like put these little nugs in there? Because I mean, he created the personality of Akichita to begin with, right? And he right. said, I purposely put curiosity in you and all this stuff. And then he tells him to look for the door with the others, which means, like, is from that point on, is Akichita on his own journey or is he? following orders in a lot of ways. Hmm. I mean, it's orders that seem like it's what he would have wanted to do anyway. But I mean, Ford dictated them to him.
0: I think it's a little of both. I think it's following the orders, but he's still interpreting them his through his own lens. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And I mean, it seemed like it was coming from his inner motivation. Like I said, this was about the part in the episode when he was explaining back to Ford that he had altered his, own what did you call it like mission or whatever basically
0: mm-hmm. adapted um, his own directives yeah that other he other.
1: added to it to, to include all the other hosts he like basically made it more broad so then in that case I mean that is pretty amazing so we we come to the conclusion of a Ak- story because he basically saying like now this is where we're at now you know the the Ford is is dead and I'm looking for the door so all these years, little girl, I've just been trying to warn you and I've just been wanting to keep you safe. That's the whole thing. And the information seems to be getting both to the daughter and to Maeve simultaneously. So let's pop over to Maeve and figure out what the hell is going on with him. Her. What is going on with her?
0: Sizemore brings her in, finds this <laughs> dickhead of a tech guy
1: oh, God. to
0: help try to revive her. Did you think for one second that that the Delos replacement staff was ever going to really bring her back online fully.
1: I did not have any idea what they were going to do with her, but I was really surprised about how they handled her because that like, the only word I could use is flaying the flaying open of her neck and like her upper arm like that. We have not seen anyone else be treated like that. I'm talking even Peter Abernathy, you know, we didn't see him be treated like that. At all either. And it just seems like we've seen them may have the hard wire into people right in there, like as if you're putting in an IV at their wrist. Why in the world would they have to cut open her neck like that and cut open her arm like that? I mean, it was just to be like so gruesome visually.
0: I think the neck part. Yeah. Because we know the arm does have that jack that we've seen Bernard use, you know, so there is, we know there's an existing port in their arm. Uh,
1: Was it just a little bit like how they cut your clothes off if you're like in the emergency room, but like, otherwise you get to put your clothes in the bag in the hospital. Is this just like, it was an emergency. She was like nearing death. So they just sort of like sliced her open and stuck all the ports in.
0: I'll go with that, sure. I
1: mean, it's awful and un terrible. So, like we said, there we we do discover that that they are communicating, um, both Akichita and Maeve, but what an unexpected interaction with Sizemore.
0: Yeah, that guy has I mean, he if you recall his first few scenes in the whole series, he was a very brash, dickish kind of guy who didn't have any feeling one way or the other toward the hosts and um in this he's crying and and saying that she deserved better and and that he's sorry for for what's happening and going to happen to her he's but he's out of he's out of juice basically power wise he doesn't he can't influence anything that's going to happen at this point
1: right i mean basically the best thing he can do is to is to just emphasize how how amazing that she's been and how how much that she's been able to do um and so if if he can try to just explain you know her uniqueness to them then somehow that could save her and and that's really it i i thought it was it was interesting and and touching i i suppose um you know that he decided or finally realized came around that she didn't deserve to be treated like this it took this entire thing for him to finally say like well hang on a sec like maybe you shouldn't have to be laying here with your neck flayed open you know like you're freaking you know fresh caught fish Maybe this was a little too much, you know?
0: Even though he left because the tech kind of shooed him away, I bet we're not done with these two.
1: I don't feel like he's gone. I'm I'm with you wholeheartedly. I feel like there could be a jailbreak here in the, in the near future with him because, I mean, I think that even though it took a long time to come around, he did come around.
0: And he might be able to find, like, Felix and Sylvester um, because- they were all rescued at the same time. We just haven't seen them because there hasn't really been a story reason for them yet. But I bet they can crop up here if they need to get her put back together in a hurry.
1: I think that would be awesome. And I and I really hope that that happens because, you know, I. whereas it was easy with Man in Black to say, well, Emily's got to come back in on the scene. It's not so clear to me how Maeve is going to get out of this situation unless maybe Akichita comes in. Although they do have that moment where he makes his promise to Maeve.
0: Yeah, basically says, uh, We're going to take care of your daughter. If you, whatever happens to you, it doesn't matter. But if you get out, come find us because she'll be with us.
1: I think that was like the most kind thing you could possibly say to a mom, honestly, is like, We'll keep your kids safe. And when you figure your way out of this, come find us and she'll be with us. Like, that's everything. I'm currently, again, we're watching Handmaid's Tale and I, and that, if you think about anything you've seen in that, the, the idea of just knowing your child is safe in any form or fashion is, you know, everything. And Obviously, we have three kids ourselves. What did you think about Hale and what part she's now playing in the Maeve storyline? She
0: continues to amaze me in terms of how well versed she is in every freaking aspect of the business down to being able to make heads or tails of the display handed to her with Maeve's you know, readouts on it. Mm-hmm. If you went to the CEO of my company and showed him the stuff that I work on, he'd be like, I have no idea what this is.
1: <laughs> well, Why
0: are you showing me this?
1: So you sound very skeptical about like, is, what do you think? Do you think that she is something more than meets the eye?
0: I have always, not always, I have of th- this season thought that she... She might be something hosty, like her brain just doesn't match her, her body basically. And she looks too young to be so capable. And that's just my two cents in it. Not that young people can't be capable, but she has been capable in all different arenas, you know, every single one that we haven't found a weak area for her.
1: Agreed, which seems very suspicious because everyone else has been nothing but weak areas. You know, I mean, the only other person who has seemed so bulletproof has been Ford.
0: Yeah, and he felt he needed to die for his hubris.
1: <laughs> right. I don't know. It this uh, is, she's a complicated one. Now I know I'm going to throw back into the to the mix again. People are making those. Um, correlations between is there something with charlie slash charlotte is it possible that charlotte was arnold's daughter and that when they made the the memory for bernard they just changed it into a boy so as not to create any confusion
0: i don't know i mean she's run into bernard a few times and uh she was gonna let him be fired earlier
1: right you know. so you're saying she doesn't like recognize him as that's what I'm saying yeah, as her father or anything so right, I yeah. only just wonder because what an interesting parallel it would be to have Emily with William and have Charlotte with the original Arnold you know there's something there's something very parallel to that story and and of course there's a lot of um you know with Maeve and her daughter Dolores and her father Emily and her father would it Be so wild if there was a Charlotte and her father. There's a lot
0: of weird harmonies with uh, names in this show, like Delos, Dolores, that all kind of sounds like the same thing to me. So Charlotte, Charlie, those things running together also kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, so that basically wrapped up our, our episode. I did want to throw out a couple of other little nuggets along the way to for you guys to have paid attention to. The writer of this episode was the same writer who did The Leftovers, the episode Certified, which if you guys don't remember, that's the one where Laurie's backstory is told, like how did she get into the GR and, and really outlines everything, which just goes so perfectly with this episode because it's it's very similar. It's like it's like taking a step outside the storyline you were going in and really focusing on one character and how their storyline came to be, basically, and how mm-hmm. it, they were going to come about um, impacting everything. So I thought that was great. Uh, in the symbolism department, I thought when Akichita picked up the maze and the first thing that happens is a fly lands on his hand mm-hmm. in that bar, I thought that was really a freaky little moment because we all know how much that the fly represents that sort of awakening kind of moment. If you swat
0: the fly, you're you're awoke. If you if you let it be, then you're still and a, at a that, slave to the man. I would
1: say at that point he he did not swat the fly. He it just crawled on his hand. So that's where he was then. We'll see if they if they use a fly in the in the following episodes here. For you lost lovers, how much did you compare this episode to the constant with um Desmond? And Penny
0: that was uh, also a, a kind of a story of long lost love that was desmond's quest for the almost the entire show was to find penny be with penny and that that particular episode he jumped around in time quite a bit <laughs> but but it was all got back to needing to be with penny
1: so very similar to akichita needing to be with kohana and yes. it, and it being the driving force behind doing so many things and, and, and actually like enduring so much, you know, being willing to endure so much just for the the possibility of being with the person you love. Very romantic, very romantic. Again, uh, that Akichita quote that he has with Kohana about the take my heart with you, take mine in its place. I just want to highlight that with a giant yellow marker because I just think there's something to that that is probably the kernel of this whole thing somehow. You know, who knows if that's going to come across with Emily and MIB. Who knows? Who knows where this is going to be? But I just feel like even if Maeve's body doesn't make it out, I feel like there's something about Take my heart with you. Maybe that's the daughter. Maybe that's what the heart is. Or maybe it's physically somehow her soul or whatever is going to get into another body. You know, I don't know. Seems interesting. And if you've hung along this long, the Ghost Nation thing, you guys possibly already figured this out as we were talking because we kind of exposed it. But the idea that all those individual Lakota Members were being replaced by what they were calling the ghost of the person who had been there before. Now we refer to that whole culmination of people there as ghost nation. That makes so much sense to me. I was like, this finally makes sense. I understand. It's not that they're painted in white. It's not any of that business. <laughs> it's that they are the ones that are getting body snatched and swapped out. And that is what's creating their nation to become ghosts. Ball.
0: Good episode.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. You can catch us on somanyshows.com. You can catch us on Daily Review on Twitter and Facebook, as well as dailyreview.com. And Monday and Wednesday nights, you can catch us on So Many Shows TV Talk Radio from 8 to 9 Central or 9 to 10 Eastern.
0: Yeah, follow us on that at SMS on Air.
1: Thanks so much for listening. Thanks.
0: Catch us on iTunes or your preferred podcast software, our website dailyreview.com, that's D-A-L-E-Y review.com, Facebook, or Twitter, or wherever you find us, please leave us a comment and a rating to let us know what you think of the show.
1: Thanks for listening, pot people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but
0: you can't stay here. Just go home, folks.